This is our last podcast of the GI series, so we'll be looking at the large intestine, that is the colon, and the appendix. Let's briefly look at the large intestine. The large intestine functions for water and vitamin reabsorption. There are several regions in the large intestine, the cecum, colon, rectum, anus. The cecum has the blind pocket, the appendix. We will ask you to pick out the appendix histologically, but from a histological profile, basically, I'll just ask you, identify the organ, and you can say colon. There are no villi, there are no plica in the large intestine. Sometimes on a glass slide, you think you're seeing plica. That's probably a histologic artifact, a post-mortem change. Sometimes it looks like the submucosa and mucosa are folding. There are crypts of Libricum in the large intestine. They are straight and very long. The muscularis mucosi is very well developed. The mucosa of the colon looks like it has all goblet cells. That's not true. About 25 or 30 percent of the cells are goblet cells, but because of a fixation artifact, the lipid droplets in the goblet cells expand and it pushes all the other cells to the sides and so you predominantly see goblet cells in the large intestine. The muscularis externa is fairly well developed in the large intestine and in the colon itself you will identify very distinct tinea coli. I'll show you those on a histologic section. There are no tinea coli in the appendix. With respect to the cells in the large intestine, following the same model we looked at for the other organs in the GI tract, there are absorptive cells or enterocytes, goblet cells, regenerative cells, and the enteroendocrine or APUD cells. The absorptive cell has extensive basal and lateral folding. It has a lot of sodium and potassium ATPase activity, lots of active transport, a lot of water reabsorption from cells in the large intestine. About 25% of the mucosal epithelium are goblet cells. These cells secrete mucus and bicarbonate. The stem cell are generative cells. These are mitotic cells. In the colon, the stem cells actually are at the bases of the crypts because there are no paneth cells in the colon. And the stem cells in the colon, again, turn over relatively fast, maybe three to four days. Maybe on average they're a little bit longer lived than the cells of the small intestine. We might say the small intestine on average may turn over in two to three days. Maybe the cells in the large intestine, three to four days. That is not testable. It's just an interesting point. And then the enteroendocrine cells are throughout the mucosa of the large intestine, as they are throughout the mucosa of the small intestine and throughout the mucosa of the stomach. And by the way, they're essentially the same types of cells throughout the GI tract, these enteroendocrine cells. Paneth cells are not, to my knowledge, found in the large intestine of humans. Here is a very low-power profile of the colon. Look at the tinea coli here, here, and here. The outer longitudinal layer of the smooth muscle in the muscularis externa is bunched up into three places into these tinea coli. And you should remember these in gross anatomy. As you were doing your gross dissections of the colon, you would have seen these bands on the outside of the colon. Those bands were the tinea coli of the muscularis externa. And of course the organ is broken here, but this would be the lumen, mucosa, submucosa.
Here's a nice histological view. Here's the tinea coli. Look at the muscularis externa, inner circular layer. Look how thin it is in these regions, but look at the exaggerated, very abundant tinea coli here. Look at the very large lymphatic nodule. Here it's in the submucosa, but look, it's actually disrupting the muscularis mucosi here. And so lots of diffuse lymphoid tissue in the mucosa itself, maybe even a little bit of a nodule here within the mucosa. Look at the long straight glands in the colon. As I said, they look like they're mostly goblet cells. That is a preparation artifact, but it is useful because it helps you to identify the organ as the colon. Here, if I make my imaginary line again, note there are no villi projecting into the lumen, just the long, very straight glands, a little bit of the muscularis mucosi and the lamina propria like so. Again, the long straight glands in the colon. Here is one of these post-mortem changes. This is colon, and you kind of, in your mind's eye, want to say, is that an enfolding of submucosa and the mucosa? That is probably the histologic artifact. I won't expect you to worry too much about that. I put the slide on purposely because I wanted you to see what that might look like. Note the muscularis externa in a circular and outer longitudinal. Here you can see perhaps uh, a myenteric plexus. Just a high power view of the mucosa at this high magnification. I wouldn't expect you to know which organ you're in, but look, I can see these nice mitotic figures like so. This is lamina propria, so this would be lumen. That would be a profile of lumen. Here's the appendix. It resembles the colon in that it has the very long straight glands, lots of lymphatic tissue. It looks like the lumen of the organ is angular because there's lots of lymphatic tissue. There are no tinea coli, though, if you go around all the external regions of the muscle. There's the inner circular and outer longitudinal layers of the muscularis externa. No bunching up into tinea coli. I want to make a cautionary point for you. Remember I showed you some histological views of the ileum that had very large lymphatic nodules. Do not confuse the ileum and the appendix because of the lymphatic nodules. Remember the differences. The ileum has villi that are folding into the mucosa. The appendix, no villi. Yes, lots of lymphatic nodules, but no villi. I'm going to expect you to be able to make those histologic distinctions. You know this is not the colon because there are no tinea coli. Remember the slide I showed you a few minutes ago? Let me go back to it. The colon. Look at these, this large lymphatic nodule, but here it has the tinea coli. Please don't confuse that with appendix. Here, the appendix with these large lymphatic nodules, but no tinea coli. Now, the appendix likely serves as a reserve site for the normal intestinal flora in the GI tract. We often wonder, what, is, what are we doing with the appendix? People think that the appendix is a vestigial 
organ during our evolution and oftentimes the appendix is removed you know acute appendicitis can be a very serious clinical condition well some people are beginning to think that the bacterial microbiome if you want is held in reserve in the appendix so oftentimes when you have GI upsets you're taking antibiotics doing whatever you disrupt the bacterial flora in the GI tract and that can give you all kinds of problems but that bacterial flora may repopulate itself from reserves that are held in the lumen of the appendix. Another histological view, probably the appendix here, because look at the straight glands, no villi, the very large lymphatic nodules. I don't see any evidence of tinea coli here, but to be sure, I can't go all the way around the surface of this, the serosal surface, to be sure. To, to make that diagnosis, I'd want to be sure that there are no tinea coli on the organ. Here's the anorectal junction. The epithelium changes abruptly from a simple columnar epithelium to a stratified squamous epithelium. You can see a little bit of that here. And it actually it would go from a stratified squamous epithelium to a stratified squamous epithelium keratinized as you get into the rectal area. Just again an example of the enteroendocrine cell showing the electron micrograph of them and note that it's polarized for secretion but here secreting towards the basal lamina so all the secretory vesicles towards the basal lamina. These cells function in an endocrine manner, in a paracrine manner, and maybe even in an autocrine manner. And we come back to this slide we showed it to you in an earlier podcast. These enteroendocrine cells are distributed throughout the GI tract, so these hormones can be secreted in various regions through the GI tract. And so you want to have an appreciation, especially for your physiology, where these hormones are secreted in the GI tract. And here is a table that summarizes some of the enteroendocrine cells in the GI tract, the, the cell name, the cell product, the organ they're found in. This is just a good slide to help you consolidate your study, both for our course for physiology and actually later as you go into pharmacology because of course a lot of pharmacotherapy will target the enteroendocrine cells.